He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we are here talking, of course, Asian films. I'm very excited right now because we are less than a week away from the 18th annual New York Asian Film Festival. I have a few tickets already purchased. I do not think I'm going to be breaking my record of 25 films this year. Uh, to be honest, I was a little underwhelmed with the lineup. But of course, you know, you never know. Sometimes something on the face may not be uh, seemingly that interesting. Yet when you actually um, you view it, you know, it, it's a lot better than you thought going in. And so I'm, I took a couple of chances in a couple of films that I felt going in kind of lukewarm. And I'm hoping to be surprised. And uh, because of that, you know, once that starts, we only review films from the festival. We kind of break away from our usual format here. And uh, I have like 10 films I want to review. I'm not going to do all 10 here. I'm going to do five here and maybe five tomorrow and try to get ourselves prepared uh, for the New York Asian Film Festival. There's uh, you know, some films I don't want to wait that long to review on here. So uh, you may get a little bit of an overload from me in the next month or so. But uh, let's uh, get right down into it, shall we? And uh, the first film we're going to talk about today is a film called Memoir of a Murderer. This is uh, 2017 out of South Korea. Directed by Won Shin-yoon, who uh, directed the uh, film Seven Days. And he directed a very underrated film, I thought, The Suspect. Starring So Kyung-go, who plays Kim Byung-soo. Uh, you would know him from Peppermint Candy, another film... I really got to get to review at some point here. Cold Eyes. I think we might have reviewed Cold Eyes. I'm not sure. And uh, the Public Enemy series, which to my shame, I still have not watched. I really want to sit down and watch all three of those one day. Uh, also starring Kim Namgil, who plays Taiju. He was in Pandora, The Pirates, The Shameless, to name a few. Kim So-hyun, who plays Kim Yoon-hee the daughter of our uh, main character. She was in Gangnam Blues and a TV series called Orange Marmalade. Not familiar with either thing. It's actually the first time I've ever seen her. And our good friend, uh, Oh Dal Su, who's here. He plays Officer Byung Man. Oh Dal has been in, oh my God, so many great films as a character actor. Old Boy, A Bittersweet Life. The Good, the Bad, and the Weird, uh, Veteran, uh, Odell, so one of my favorite character actors, always good to see him in a film. And our tagline for this one is, don't forget how to kill. So, what's this about? A former serial killer who is suffering from Alzheimer's believes his daughter's boyfriend is a killer too. So, 
I have seen a few of these K-dramas lately that deal with like memories and uh, false memories and stuff like that and such. And they are all okay, but nothing really special. And this one was no different also. It's not a poor film, but nothing that really, you know, stuck with me after, you know what I mean? Um, and you got to combine that with what was kind of a murky ending. And in the end, I thought it was an adequate, but not special film. Now, what is the strong point of this film was the acting. And I found So Kyung Goo, who, by the way, was born just 10 days after myself. And he's playing an elderly man very convincingly, which bothered me just a little. He was doing this thing, though. Um, he was doing this little eye twitch thing, which I found kind of quirky. I did understand why it was utilized. Um, in the film, but it came off kind of gimmicky to me. I think they overdid it with that. You know, a small nitpick about his performance in this film. I do wonder if that was something that the director um, had him do, or if he did it on his own. I'm just kind of feeling it's probably something he did on his own. But I, I think it was done in smaller doses. It might have worked more to me. I don't know. This came off very gimmicky. Anyway, uh, back to what we were talking about. Um, oh, yes, also, the young Kim Soo-young, who plays his daughter, I thought was very good in her portrayal of a doting daughter coming of age. Again, I've never seen it before this. And sometimes you see an actress or actor, or when I see young ones, I always kind of pay a little special attention to them to see if, you know, you're possibly seeing what's, uh, you know, going to be the next superstar. And, well, that might be going a little far for her at this point, um, I definitely think there's a lot of promise for her. I found her engaging on the screen. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see more of what she does in the future. But back to the film and what its problems were. And for me, I think the biggest problem was that the film just lacked emotion. You know, I felt at times it tried really hard to draw me in. And maybe that made me not connect fully. Really, I just never cared enough about these characters. Sometimes a film is so well done, right, that you forget you're watching a film. You get caught up in the story. You know, like there's actors like uh, Tom Hanks, one of my favorite actors. So many times you could watch a movie and for half a, you know, half a minute, you, you almost forget that that's Tom Hanks as an actor playing a role. You know, you get immersed with him. It doesn't happen here. This, it just never happens for me in this film. Um, I will say the one interesting caveat was the chance that what we thought was happening, what we were seeing, wasn't happening. Like, in other words, were what we seen real or was it the delusions of a man slowly losing his mind? And I thought that was kind of interesting. And at the end, they tried to leave it a bit open. But I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I saw the theatrical version. I hear the director's cut is even more confusing. Which probably would have annoyed me in this whole thing lately with trying to leave these open-ended endings for you to try to decipher what happened. I don't know. Sometimes it's novel, I guess. But then if you start, every film tries to do it, it's not novel anymore. And then it just comes off almost in a way as being lazy. So, again, it, it's this is not a bad film. Definitely highlighted by a couple of very strong acting performances. But, like I said, I just felt there was a disconnect here. I just never really got um, involved fully with this. I kind of just felt like I was kind of waiting for it to end. That's a shame because, like I said, there is some good acting. And I think it's a good 
premise. I just didn't think it was carried out well. So, all in all, like I said, not a bad concept. And there are a couple of nice moments in the cast. But that's about it. Um, this is on Netflix, which is where I caught it. And, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a decent watch. It's not a bad film at all. That's something that I probably wouldn't watch again. And um, I give it a 6 out of 10. Okay, our next film. Triple Threat, 2019 out of Thailand. Directed by Jesse V. Johnson. I know that doesn't sound like a Thai director, does it? He's uh, directed a couple of films. Charlie Valentine, The Butcher, Accident Man. I believe it's from Britain. Is he the British trade? I forget right now. But it's starring Tony Ja, the great Tony Ja, uh, Ombok, The Protector, uh, Tom Young-Goon, uh, you know, the, the, Tony Ja, one of the best martial arts uh, filmmakers around. Also starring the great Iku Uwais, uh, you would know from the Raid films, as well as Headshot that we reviewed on here. Also, we have Tiger Chen. Tiger Chen from Kung Fu Man. He was in The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, a Man of Tai Chi with um, Keanu Reeves, I believe that was. Uh, so Tiger Chen, another very good martial artist. And then we get Scott Atkins. Uh, Scott Atkins, uh, he's been in the film Doctor Strange, The Born Ultimatum. He was in The Undisputed. I believe he was in the sequels, if I'm not mistaken. The first one was somebody else. And then he did the sequels to The Undisputed film series. And uh, also Selena Jade, who was in Wolf Warrior 2, which I have not seen yet. Also, if you watch the TV show on the WB, uh, Arrow, she plays Shadow on that show. I'm not sure if they're still showing her anymore. Um, not up to date on the new season of Arrow. So, But anyway, if you watched Arrow and you remember Shadow, Selena Jade, that's the actress. And our tagline for this film is, Three, the hard way. So, a pair of mercenaries team up with a security officer to save a young philanthropist from a vicious group of killers that had tried to kill them all as well. So, there was a lot of hype surrounding this film as it starred not just the five actors I just mentioned, but also featured Michael Jai White, Gigi Yanin, you know, uh, Hammer Girl, an MMA star, Michael Bisping, uh, really, a virtual who's who in the martial arts film world. And as expected, the fight scenes were awesome. And there is a shitload of them. Now, of everyone in this film, I'm probably the biggest fan of Eco, And I felt we needed more of him in this. But still, it was a jam-packed with great action stars and thus, I mean, non-stop battles. I saw the non-action parts. Not that there were a lot of them. <laughs> But, um, you know, there really wasn't any room for character development or fleshing out of a better narrative as far as storytelling goes. And and that way this comes off, to me, I kind of liken this to like The Expendables, like a martial arts version of The Expendables. I mean, none of these people are really widely known as the great actors, so that's not really surprising. I thought Selena Jade was good at times. Other times I found her ranging from uninteresting to grating. Uh, but I'm going to put most of the blame on what she was given to work with. Like I said, this was a film that wasn't trying too hard to tell a story as it was just to wow you with great martial art uh, fights. And, you know, I've said sometimes in the past, I know I said it about 
uh, the film we reviewed last year from the festival, um, We Will Not Die Tonight. And I said, sometimes a film or you watching it has to accept it for what it's trying to be. For this, it was just trying to be a wild martial arts class with some of the biggest names in the business. Another movie that reminds me like that was, was a film, Bangkok Knockout. Um, the film knew what it wanted to be. It didn't care about anything of plot. The plot was as thin as a thinnish uh, toilet tissue you could ever have. But, you know, they, they do all their time and energy and thus promoting nonstop wild action. And that's what this did too. And so I always get to respect the film. It doesn't try to be something else. And so, you know, if you're going to see this film, know what it is. Mediocre plot and probably mediocre acting with some great action scenes featuring some amazing martial artists. And if you go in this, if you go in knowing this, and more importantly, wanting this, then I think you're going to be greatly entertained. I don't like to give too much away in the plot, um, but, you know, as you'll see as you go along, in the very beginning... Um, we find most of the characters that are going to be throughout the film in this opening scene where some people are trying to liberate a prisoner. And at that point, you don't really know who's good, who's bad. You know, you're not really sure what's happening yet. But uh, it doesn't take too long before you uh, realize who, who's the people we're rooting for and who's the people we're not. But, you know, in the end, after mistaken identity, which of course you have to have so that we can get some fights among the good guys as well, you know, if they all team up together to go up against the baddies. And so, again, it's not, I'm not trying to be too vague with you with the plot. That's the plot. It's not much to it. But, um, again, I still thought, despite all shortcomings, I really overall enjoyed this film. And it's something I would watch again. And um, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I'm fairly certain this is right now or soon will be on Netflix. So check it out. Our next film, our On the Pile section, is No Tears for the Dead, 2014 out of South Korea, written and directed by Lee Chung Bom. Um, he directed The Man from Nowhere. He directed another film called Cruel Winter Blues. Um, it's starring Jang Dong-gun, who plays Gun. Uh, he was in Friends. He was at Rampant that we're going to review here. Soon, um, after the festival, Ramp is probably one of the first movies we're going to review. And uh, Tai, tai Guki, uh, The Brotherhood of War, a great Korean, very underrated, in my opinion, Korean war film. Also starring Kim Min-hee, who plays Mo Gyeong. Uh, she was in The Handmaiden, On the Beach at Night Alone, which I've never heard of. And she's in this film called The Day After, which I just recently uh, came across, found out about, and I'm very interested to watch it. And so that might be a film you will see for me uh, later on in the year, reviewing on the show. And it's also starring Brian T. as Chaos. If you, Brian T., if you watch the show Chicago Med, which I don't, I'm a Chicago PD fan, but if you watch Chicago Med, he plays Dr. Choi on that show. And he was also in the uh, Marvel film, uh, uh, the Wolverine. So uh, that's Brian T. Now, tagline for this is, how can you live when your life is death? A hitman who is reeling from the accidental death of a child at his hands 
goes up against his employers. So right off the bat, this came off like one of those poorly American-made Asian films like The Corrupter or The One. But, you know, in those films, they leaned on superstar actors like Chow Yun-Fat or Jet Li to carry the film. No Tears for the Dead doesn't have that luxury. There's no megastar to focus on. So they could try two things. One, make it a really good film with a lot of depth to the characters. Or two, make it a shallow yet violent spectacle. Well, they tried to do both. And for me, it just didn't work. They also added to this plot line for some reason some shady hedge fund guys who now want the mother of the deceased girl dead. I don't know. We get a lot of uh, infighting from different antagonists, which is also, I think, they feel supposed to add some depth to the story. It really doesn't. It just uh, adds more convolution and more nonsense to what it, what this film should be. As I talked about earlier, about you know, know what a film wants to be. What this film should have been, as I said before, uh, a violent spectacle. You know, I think uh, that would have worked better than what it tried to do. You know. What this really was, honestly, was just another run-of-the-mill wannabe John Woo's The Killer. And while the second half of the film is ripe with action, the try and melodrama, which The Killer worked very well, here it felt forced to never hit the mark. You know, listen, The Killer is one of the greatest films ever made. I understand why so many people try to make it. I mean, we've seen different countries... We've seen um, Hong Kong themselves. We've seen everybody try to remake the killer. They don't call it the killer. They try to change. Here, a little girl dies and the killer, a, a singer, is blinded. But it's still the same same basic premise of a hitman with a conscience who decides to go against his employers. We've seen this, oh my God, uh, so many times. This reminds me of the La Femme de Quita thing. Uh, La Femme de Quita is another film. Outstanding film. Outstanding story. We've seen it done over and over again from TV shows to movies to everything. It's just been constantly done over. And, you know, John Woods the Killer also has also done it. And here's another, you know, time that's trying. But here's the problem. If you're going to try to copy the killer, you're going to get compared to the killer and you're not gonna, you know, <laughs> you're not gonna uh, look too good against it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, as far as the acting goes, Kim Min Hee, I thought was pretty good. I couldn't really say the same for um, anyone else. I mean, I I thought she was good as uh, you know, the the girl that's kind of caught in between everything here. You know, as the 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 mother uh, who was um grieving for the death of her child, and also on the run for her life. I thought she was very good. And she did have some emotional moments that I thought were good. But for the rest of this cast, uh, can't say the same thing. Um, our lead actor was trying his best to be like this stoic, emotionless figure, only for us to be treated or punished, depending on your take, to a like strange show of emotion at the end of the film. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was eye-ragingly off-putting to me. But let's focus on the bright part of the film, which is the action. Now, 
there was some hand-to-hand, -hand, but I would not call this martial arts. This is um, not like the film we just reviewed before this, um, Triple Threat. This is more, you know, guns, explosions, and stuff like that. Uh, but I guess it falls more into like the heroic bloodshed genre. Also quite like the killer. And it was good. Um, not special. Um, but it was it was okay. It was, you know, decent action. But, you know, again, sometimes I feel like I'm getting a little jaded because I've seen so many of these type of films that it's hard for me to just not feel like I've seen this all before and I've seen it done better. But in the end, that is how I feel. Now, overall, I'm sure some of you will like this more than I. In fact, I have a couple of friends I know who love the film. And like I said, maybe for me, I've just seen too much of this type of film. I've seen too many killer remakes or, you know, and for me, this was just meh. I mean, nothing I regret watching, but nothing I look to see again. Uh, no Tears from the Day gets a 5 out of 10 for me. All right, it's time for old school selection. Jeans, Blues, No Future, 1974 out of Japan, directed by... Sadao Nakajima, who directed some films, uh, A Savage Beast Goes Mad, The Sebori Story, and Love's Twisting Path. Now, I must admit to you, I have never seen nor heard of any of those three films. But as I researched them, those seem to be um, his three biggest uh, films that he's made besides this one. Uh, it's starring Shunehi... Shinhiko Watase, who plays Jiro, he was in a film called Heaven and Earth, a film called The Incident, uh, but he's probably best known for playing roles on TV. Also starring Michael Kaji, the big star, Michael Kaji, who plays Hijiriko. Uh, she was, of course, Lady Snowblood in Lady Snowblood 1 and 2. She was in Female Prisoner Scorpion series, playing Female Prisoner Scorpion. And she was the lead in the Stray Cat Rock series. Uh, Michael Kaji, huge star in the 70s um, with this type of film. You know, in the 70s, you had a lot of like these, I don't know, like bad girl type of films in Japan, you know. Um, Hong Kong kind of copied it in the 80s into the 90s where we called it the girls with guns genre. But uh, Japan was doing it first in the 70s. And probably one of their biggest stars for the genre was uh, Miss Kaji. So I had long wanted to review a film of hers. So, uh, well, by the way, I also want to... Uh, Ryo, Ryohai Uchida, who plays Hongo. He was in Shadowhunters and Diamonds of the Andes. Two other films I've never heard of. But he's also in this film. But like I was saying about uh, Miss Kaji is that I definitely wanted to review a film of hers. And it honestly, was going to be Lady Snowblood. But I decided on this as it's different than the usual martial art flick that we usually review in this slot. And so I decided to review this instead, just to kind of throw a little change in for the old school. Now, let's, our tagline for this film is The Unlikeliest of Outlaws. And what this is about is a young couple go on a mini crime spree as they try to outrun the police as well as the criminals who want to catch or kill them. 
So as I said, um, you know, what we have here is basically Bonnie and Clyde Japanese style. Two people on the run from different underworld elements. They crash their cars and they wind up on the run together. Along the way, they lose their money. Chiva loses a finger. And they definitely lose their last semblance of innocence. But what they find in each other is what they were truly searching for. Now, the acting by Michael was very good. Mr. Watashi was okay uh, as well. But the rest left little to be desired. But I used to feel this way about these dated films. I have to be honest about this film. When I first watched this, I watched about 30 minutes. And I have to be honest, I was very underwhelmed at the time. And I left. I went out. I paused it and I went out to a, a local pub to have a drink of a friend of mine and uh, watch the game. And it was bothering me. While I was there, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to come back home and just watch Lady Snowblood again because uh, I know I really enjoyed that film. And we view that. But while I was sitting there, I decided to go on my phone and look up this film. And I read an article, basically how people love this film. So I decided when I get home, uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to try. Because honestly, I found it really boring after 30 minutes. But I'll, I'll give it a chance. And I'm glad overall that I did. It does pick up probably, probably the first 45 minutes is pretty bad. You do get a lot of action towards the later stages of the film. And this was okay, but like I said, it felt a bit empty and lifeless during the first half of the film. You know, I, I found it kind of boring, to be honest. But it did pick up. So if you watch this film and you're thinking to yourself, ugh, this is horrible, but just give it a chance. It will pick up. I don't know if it's going to pick up enough to save it for you, but it will pick up. Now, some interesting choices for the soundtrack which stood out. Uh, the main tune. Uh, after a while, like first when I was heard it was like, this is strange. But then at the by the end of the movie, I was kind of humming along with it. So I I never I rarely talk about the soundtrack, but I thought it was an interesting one, and in the end it kind of worked. But like I says, um, not to give it too much away, but like I says, in the end there's a you know Bonnie and Clyde type of deal where all everything comes to a head. Who makes it out? Who doesn't? Oh, you got to watch to find out. And overall, if you like these type of gangster films. It is an okay watch, not something I would really look to see again, but it's worth catching for sure if you're a fan of Michael Kaji. Um, I give this a 5.5 out of 10. Okay, and our final film, it's our wild card selection for those new to the podcast. I usually leave the last film here. This is aimed at the kind of Asian film newbies who haven't seen as much stuff as I have, and I try to put them onto something that Maybe it's not as well known as like the biggest films in the industry, but one that I definitely think is worth seeing. And this one is Running Out of Time, 1999, out of Hong Kong, directed by one of my top 10 favorite directors, Johnny To. Uh, he has directed such films as Drug War, which uh, we reviewed on here, Exiled, which I think we reviewed on here, Barefooted Kid, which we reviewed on here, Election, which we reviewed on here, and Lifeline, which we definitely will review on here. It's probably going to be in this same slot uh, sometime before the end of the year. Lifeline, one of my favorite Johnny Toe films. It's starring my favorite Hong Kong actor, Andy Lau, 
who plays uh, Peter Chung-Hwa. He was in A Course Infernal Affairs, uh, God of Gambers, uh, co-starring with Chai Fat, House of Flying Daggers, uh, Shuki, uh, The Warlords with Jet Li. Also starring Lao Ching-Wan. Man, this is some cast. Uh, Lao Ching-Wan, who plays the Spectre Ho Shung-Sang. Uh, some of you might know him as Sean Lao. I always refer to him as Lao Ching-Wan. From when I first uh, noticed him and started following him, it was before he took on the first name of Sean. So I just kind of still consider him Lao Ching-Wan. He was in films such as Black Mask, uh, Big Bullet, Mad Detective, The Overhead Trilogy. I believe we reviewed one of those on here. Uh, Dealer Healer, which uh, we reviewed on here. And YZ Lee, who plays Baldy. YZ Lee, who's been in some of the biggest uh, hits ever. Uh, He was in Better Tomorrow, The Big Heat, Bullet in the Head, and The Four Trilogy. And also starring Yo-Yo Mung, who plays Young Yuen Ting. Uh, so he's mostly a TV actress. He was in the film Expect the Unexpected. But mostly you would know her from uh, you know Chinese television. Our tagline for this is, Can they finish the game? So, a dying man goes up against a police detective in a deadly game of cat and mouse. When I first saw this way back in 2000... Um, I thought this was so novel. And for that time period, it was. Uh, in fact, I give you know a lot of credit to this film for inspiring all the slick K-thrillers and other Hong Kong crime films of the 2000s. Uh, seeing it again made me see that there were some holes in the plot and some questionable occurrences, but still, this was finely acted and directed noir. Andy Lau was simply amazing. And this role earns him a Best Actor Award at the Hong Kong Film Awards. And it takes a lot to put such a wonderful performer like Lao Ching Wan a second fiddle. But he does it here. Now, not to say Mr. Lao was not excellent in his own right, because he definitely was. Also, I wanted to point out a shout out to veteran actor Ben Hui, uh, who plays Inspector Ho's boss, a bumbling chief who provides a few chuckles. I neglected to mention him at the top, but I wanted to give him... A little shout out here. Ben's Huey. He's kind of got that face you see. He often plays like kind of a police chief for that type of character. Uh, but I thought he was just so good in this film. And as good as the acting is here, I really love the concept and plot line. The twists and turns were well thought out. In fact, so well, I wonder if Mr. Toe might be suited for a life of crime. <laughs> Because uh, he has come comes up with some really great stuff for uh, Andy Lau's character. Some really, really good stuff. Um, but there were a few issues. Uh, first and foremost was the character played by Yo-Yo Mung. Her actions and motivations were questionable to say the least. I really found her entire existence in the film as unnecessary fluff. Yes, she's a lovely woman. But her presence added little to this other than a means in one scene for Peter to avoid the police. And even that came off rather unbelievable. Apparently, in Hong Kong, if you have a girlfriend, you must be innocent of any wrongdoing. 
something I'm going to need to remember just in case I ever decide on a life of crime. Yeah, that, that's just so much. There's also this thing that's this chance meaning at the end, which I found a little eye-rolling. But again, I'm nitpicking what I think is a great film. I also enjoyed the, uh, the score in this film. I, I enjoyed the way they kind of, you know, ended the film. Uh, I really, I, I don't have a lot outside of the stuff with Yo-Yo Monk's character, which I feel was just because he felt they needed to put a beautiful woman into the storyline. And you kind of probably forced her character where she really was not needed. But still, I found this film to be a bit of a groundbreaker at its time and a film I have always enjoyed watching. I give Running Out of Time a 7 out of 10. And that's our show. And like I said, it's a New York Asian Film Festival in just a few days. Um, I'm going to try to get this up today, get another podcast tomorrow for you. We'll be reviewing on that film, uh, Zhang Nimo's uh, Shadow, along with some other fun stuff. Uh, so look forward to that. And uh, like I said, uh, we're going to be coming with you a little quicker, usually during the summer. The shows come out a lot quicker than they do during the winter. So uh, just keep an eye out and uh, keep listening. And uh, as always, thank you and bye-bye.